I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. relational. Hey, welcome to our first episode of Let's Get Relational. Um, so this is kind of a thing that we've been working on for like several years at this point. It's been in the process, but like now's the perfect time to start it. Yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. What's funny is we're starting this in the time of COVID when it couldn't be more important to get better at relationships. I bet like us, many of you are having struggles with relationships with your parents, relationships with your children, relationships with your adult children who maybe have moved <laughs> back home. Um, Thankfully, Sarah is still in her own place, but, <laughs> but we'll deal with that if we need to, if she needs to move back yeah. home. Um, but I know there, there are lots of relationships strained, and particularly during the time of COVID and the political times we're in, it's more important than ever that we figure out a way to compassionately communicate with each other um, and improve our relationships. And it's possible, and, and we're mm -hmm. testament to that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We've been through a lot and figured out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot a lot <laughs> a lot a lot it's what we've been through to just get to the point we're at now where we're able to just be goofy and but also in some situations but also be clearly like hey this upset me um yeah. like can we can we maybe not can we find a different way to do this sort of thing um so like with all of that kind of understanding um the first thing that we wanted to talk about specifically as one of the most important things, the keys to creating and improving better relationships in your life is communication. Um, and our next couple of episodes are going to focus on a couple of other things like personal responsibility, boundaries, sense of humor, which yes, that's important, and uh, commitment. Um, and we think these are the foundations mm -hmm. of being um, uh, better in relationships. Um, so we, we talked a lot, um, Sarah's 24, I'm 64, and we talked a lot about our ages and the things we've learned as a mom and daughter um, and the things we've learned because of um, certain challenges we've had, um, both in our personal lives and um, in our relationship. And we came up with those five pillars. And so we're going to base all of our episodes on some aspect of that. And today we want to start with talking about communication. It's one of our favorites. Um, it, it, it is partly because like the, one of the most important things that you do just on a daily basis is talk to people, which is communicating with people. So of course, like the first thing you want to start off with in, um, bettering your relationships as well as creating a better foundation for new relationships that you'd like to have in your life is, you know, really understanding the best ways to communicate with each other. That's clear and compassionate and like where you both are able to in communicating, be able to get to like a positive outcome. Cause a lot of the times when like communicating with people, there's always often sometimes like a letdown in some ways, like compromising, oh, compr we'll talk about that. We will talk about that. Um, cause there we have, we have some words on that. Um, <laughs> we're not exactly about compromise, oddly enough. No, no, we are not. But, um, so and I just want to say one thing here, cause compromise means somebody's losing. Yeah. And often it means both people are losing. So mm -hmm. we're much more about how do we get to a win-win so we both feel good about it um, and that nobody feels squashed yeah. um, about their feelings and knowing that who they are and what they feel is important. Mm -hmm. 
So um, one of the first things that we wanted to talk about today with like really developing some really great ways of communicating with the people around, around you is um, really looking at and figuring out when you're reacting to something versus responding to it. And a lot of our society, like a lot of how we communicate with people is like they say something or do something and then we're like, ooh, have a reaction to it. And like <laughs> our reaction, it's like, it's like an, it's emotional response where you like immediately want to say something or do something in accordance to what was said or done. Um, and, and generally there's not really much thought behind that, right? It's a whole like, like fight or flight almost kind of response where it's just like a thing that happens, um, versus responding to what's being said and responding, um, in, in that way is like, you're taking a second to process what was done or what was said, and then being able to like work through your process and then go on to say something to someone, not just immediate, like whatever. <laughs> it's funny when I was um, going through a, a breakup of a long-term relationship, my spiritual advisor said to me, Linda, before you send any email, read it 10 times to make sure that you are not reacting to something that you're mm -hmm. responding and that you're, um, uh, doing your communication in a very responsible way. And that really helped me think a lot about what it means to react versus respond. Um, and if you just take a minute and think about the times in your life um, and the people in your life yeah. where mm -hmm. your tendency is to react or their tendency is to react to you. Mm -hmm. And um, just get, like, get that in your mind and body for a second while we talk about this. And just think about um, those places where it just doesn't feel good because it does not feel good to be reacted to. No. And it doesn't feel good to react, honestly. It feels good in the moment sometimes, but it doesn't feel good ultimately because it doesn't lead to um, powerful, uh, compassionate communication. You'll hear us talk a lot about compassionate communication, mm -hmm. it, especially during these times. It is my new favorite word. Um, <laughs> and it's not a word I ever used much until no. this last year. It's like, But everything for me is about how can I be more compassionate in my response to people, even people I think are batshit crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah. and, and we've had some of those mm -hmm. people um, that we've encountered in our lives. And, and uh, yeah, it sounds like a judgment, but trust me, there are some people that really, it does feel like that. Um, but, you know, the reaction versus response thing, I think is really important. Um, you want to talk about triggers a little bit and like what happens, why you react in that way? Um, yeah. So basically, usually reaction is caused by it, it brings up something within you. So that's why I said like an emotional response, because usually if you're responding to something, it generally means you're it's an intellectual response. You've thought about it, you processed it, you're able to formulate your words and thoughts to be able to convey what it is that you're feeling. And then versus a reaction is just like, it's basically pure emotional. So um, it's just pure emotion. You're just, it's just something where like, it just bubbles up inside of you and it just comes out. Like, you just can't help yourself. Yeah, it's it's like, just like, it's, it's like word vomit, you yeah. know, like it's just, it's reaction. It's just an emotional response. And it's just everything that you're feeling just comes up and it's just this wild chaotic energy. And when you react, when, when it's in that kind of way and you're, you're putting that to someone, like you're reacting to someone then it's, that's when their response to that can be like their immediate, what they do in, in, in accordance to that is like, um, it's either defensive yeah. or they shut down. So they get really defensive. They might react too. And then it just creates this spiral of y'all are reacting to each other. And then you, you, you're not having a conversation then you're having like a fight. Yeah. That's, that's what um, most people's fights are about. Is yeah. nobody taking the time to like take a step 
and just say, okay, what are they really trying to say? Mm -hmm. um, and what, what, what am I hearing? And am I hearing correctly? You know, yeah. because sometimes my reaction is because I didn't really understand what they said. Mm -hmm. and, and then there's based off assumptions too. Yeah. So like they can be like, um, oh, uh, what's a good example? Um, like they can like ask you, you they, they can say something like, oh, maybe, maybe you should try this other shirt on or something like, for example, very random, but just like other shirt and your, and then your immediate response could be like, oh, do you think I not look good in this shirt? And like, that's your immediate response. And then you're like, get hurt feelings. And so you're that, a little angry. So that's your reaction. That's your reaction. Yeah. 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 That's the reaction to it where it's immediate emotional response. Well, you'd like take it personally that they said, you know, think about trying on a different shirt. Like Sarah and I, as we get dressed for these episodes, <laughs> Um, one of us might put on a shirt and the other goes, you going to wear that today? <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the, the reaction could be, uh, excuse me, like, do I not, what, what's wrong with the shirt? Right. Like, like what? And, and I didn't really mean that, but I mean, I, I might've meant, um, well, I'm trying to decide what shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> so I want to make sure we a little bit coordinate. Plus, mm -hmm. we've got our blue background and, like, what looks good for both of us. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it's not necessarily a critique on, on what she has on. There have been occasionally times when I've said, I don't want to go out with you dressed like that. It's totally fine for you to dress like that at college and with your friends. But please, when we go out together, could you wear a shirt that covers everything? And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, she you actually said that to me. I don't remember you actually saying that to me. Years ago. Year okay, okay. Years there, ago. I remember not any time recently. No, no, not any time recently because like, excuse me, I look good when I go out. Thank you very much. She does look good when she goes out. She <laughs> looks you. good when she doesn't go out. <laughs> but um no, I I remember there was there was like a particular shirt that you didn't like. And so I I knowing this that she didn't like me wearing that shirt, I didn't wear that shirt. I, that's actually like an at-home comfy shirt now. I don't wear that at all, Al, because I actually don't feel super comfortable wearing it after a point of time. But Well, the interesting thing is yeah. as you're growing up and you're trying on different things, you, you want to see how it feels. How do I feel when I'm out in public wearing this? And um, that was my stuff. You know, I felt like I was going to be judged or I was embarrassed in some way. It wasn't about her. Mm -hmm. um, but I did express to her that it made me really uncomfortable, and she respected that. Mm -hmm. But I was able to express it in a way that she could hear not get that shirt off. I hate that shirt. Yeah. Which is sometimes how I was raised. Um, and uh, Sarah has not been raised that way. No. But, um, <laughs> but occasionally in my life, um, you know, there would be, you know, big retaliations for choices I made. And um, I didn't really want to do that in my relationship with Sarah. So I worked really hard not to mm -hmm. do that. And we'll probably cover this somewhere else, but I apologize if I overreact. And that's the part. I do too. Yeah, I do we too. Both we do. both do. Like that's one of the that's the thing about like important thing about communication too is like you know sometimes you have a really big reaction. Like that's the thing. Like we're not saying that you can only ever respond after processing. <laughs> like you can't react anymore. Like not okay. That's not what we're saying. Okay, we're all human. We all have emotions. We're all going to have emotional reactions. But it's and sometimes you just it's. It's just a point where, like, no one's perfect. You're sometimes still going to do that, even after you realize that, like, oh, I should probably process this stuff more. You can still have reactions. And you can still have big reactions to things that maybe, like, don't really need to have that level of a reaction. But, and, and that's okay. Because once you have an understanding of, like, okay, when, I'm re when am I reacting and when am I processing and responding, um, then you can be able to, like, wait 
that wasn't okay for that reaction. I need to go and like handle that and like apologize. So that's that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, we we still overreact to things. We still have reactions, but we are aware of when that happens and can come to each other and be like, all right, I'm sorry. That was like, that was not cool. I apologize for doing that. Can we just like, we, we hug it out and then move on. <laughs> well, and, and this is touching on one of our other pillars that we're going to talk about later in another episode, which is sense of humor. One of the things we've adapted um, to everything in our lives is to have a lightness and a sense of humor about everything. It doesn't mean we make fun of things. I, no. I am not in favor of that. I'm not in no. favor of being sarcastic about everything. I'm not in favor of making fun of things or of, of people. Or I've never people. been comfortable. No. Yeah, no. it doesn't work for me. No. Um, but it really is a sense of, of um, uh, taking responsibility, which is you know something we're also going to talk about in another episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but taking responsibility for how you react and how you respond. Um, and it takes practice uh, yes. to learn to respond. Um, I don't know about for you, and, and I'm going to have you say this, but for me, um, the journey toward being more responsive versus reactive has involved a lot of work with my breath. Um, and that's been going on for decades now. Uh, more recently, I, I uh, explored the uh, area of breath work and actually became a certified breath work practitioner. And mm -hmm. I found the power of breath to be mm -hmm. so transformational. But for me, if I can just when I'm feeling something coming at me, because that's sometimes we're reacting because something's coming at us. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, there's a breathing that I can just like go into my center and just go, this is, I don't have to react to this. This is, if I'm upset, if I'm triggered by something, it's probably my little girl. Um, and uh, it's okay not to say anything just yet. So just take in what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not gonna be hurt physically. Um, and I have control over my emotions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll also do something where um, uh, I will uh, put my hand on my mouth so that I don't I don't say anything, um, especially when she was a teenager and, and really needed to work out some things. As we sit and talk, I would sit like this, so I would not say anything. Um, I did so that, not know you did that. Yeah, the little, little tips little, and tricks. Little things that you learn from your mom, even at 24, <laughs> even from your past. Well, you know, and, it, and it's like, I, and I do that in other situations too. And now I've, I've trained myself enough in most cases, not all, but most cases mm -hmm. to, to just be, um, uh, I, I call it going to your Zen place. Yes. Um, and being in that place of feeling really solid about me and not feeling threatened by anything anybody else would say to me. And just being willing to um, uh, create a response after the person's been able to say everything. Because mm -hmm. um, so often in communication, people are talking to us and we're formulating our response rather than really listening. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, there's a, a big sense of, of having to take a breath, um, put my hand over my mouth if I need to to make sure I don't <laughs> talk, um, and just let the person fully express themselves. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't mean this... If they're being abusive to you, I don't mean that. Uh, that's not okay. No. Um, no. And in those cases, I've been in those cases, um, in situations, and, and in those situations, I really recommend removing yourself from the situation, um, if at all possible. Uh, I have been in situations where I could not remove myself as an adult. As a kid, this was a whole different um, conversation, which we'll have, I'm sure, in subsequent episodes. Yeah. But as, a, as an adult... Um, I've learned honestly to like not let that stuff. It's like I'm Teflon. I don't, for those of you who are younger, you don't even know what Teflon is, maybe, but it just like uh, rolls off of you. Um, and um, and I realize it's not about me. And so you know the person's being nasty and abusive and saying terrible mean things, and I'm like, 
And finally, I'll say, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but, but I want to hear, like, maybe if that's the first couple of sentences, and then they're going to let, let, let it go. Um, but in abusive situations, you've got to get help. Um, if, mm-hmm. if it's really an ongoing thing, both for yeah. kids and for adults, um, you, you have to ask for help. So I, that's just a little aside there. Yeah. But in terms of how you respond, you know, you have worked on becoming more responsive versus reactive. Mm-hmm. What do you do? So basically, um, what I tend to do is if I'm feeling like an emotional response, I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like, I like do a little... Like I stop and take a second. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Like I just like take three steps back and immediately go, I am feeling something. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And so I just kind of ask myself those questions and sort of like, okay, and go through like the process of, of I just, because I don't want to have a like, and that's usually if I'm like able to do that, if I'm like removed from the conversation or something. Um, oftentimes in person, it's a little bit difficult in some cases, but generally I can just feel like, wait, I'm feeling something. And I'll say, say that to her, at least I'll definitely say that to her. I'll say that to my partner. I'll say that to my friends too. Be like, whoa, hang on. Give me a second. Uh, <laughs> something is happening to me right now. I'm, I'm getting an emotional, I'm getting like triggered. So like, give me a second. And like, I'll just sit there and I'll process it really quickly. If it's like, if I'm just feeling like an inkling of something and then being able to like, all right, so this is what I'm feeling right now. This is probably what's causing it because it's bringing up something else that probably some like a wound from, uh, you know, a past or whatever. And uh, being able to tell that to someone like that's kind of I, I do it and I do it in actually literally in that like goofy way. So just because I don't want to because most often it's not like a super crazy big deal for me to just be like, Whoa, I'm feeling a thing right now. Feeling a thing. Feeling a thing. thing. <laughs> So, and I just, and I just like, I let her know. I let my partner know when something's coming up for me. Be like, give me a second. Got to process it. Even if I'm like in tears or something, I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got, I got to go process something. Cause I'm upset right now. Tears, there are, there's water leaking from my eyeballs. <laughs> um, so I have to go and process it. Um, so when I get that kind of emotional reaction, I immediately just like stop, take a second, take a breath and be like, okay, why am I feeling this? What was the situation that would have just caused it? What wound is that bringing up for me? I'm like, how do I want to deal with this now? So I just need to sit around and cry for a second because I, you know, sometimes you just got to cry, you know, so I do that. Or do I need to go do something or do I need to like have a conversation about something that this is triggered? Yeah. You know, it's funny when um, Sarah was in middle school, I used to teach a workshop called Mom, Your Hair is Green. And it was based on the fact that um, if you're having a reaction to something, there's some part of you that feels like it's true or is triggering something from your past. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if, if your child says, I hate you, there's some, and you have a reaction to that, um, there's some part of you that worries whether you're lovable, um, whether your child really does hate you, and whether this is, you know, you're going to be saddled with this terrible relationship forever. Um, but if you're able to look at it from the perspective of if that child said to you, your hair is green, you, you would go like, oh, I know my hair is not green. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm not going to be upset by that. And um, I actually used to teach this also then to um, elementary school kids um, to be, have them be able to start identifying where they were upset and why they were reacting to things. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, your hair being green such a good one. It's like, so whenever somebody's coming at you with something, yeah. you say, okay, if they said to me, your hair is green, um, would that be upsetting to me? Um, if they say, I need some space, 
and I'm having a reaction to that mm -hmm. and I want to check in with myself to see the response, I can go to that place. Well, if they said my hair was green, I wouldn't have any response. Mm -hmm. So why am I having a, a, a reaction? Because um, they say they need a little space in the relationship right now. Mm -hmm. And let me check in. Like, maybe it's not about me. Maybe it is about them. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but let me just check in to see what's going on and, and um, to really understand my feelings and my, um, my responses and reactions. Because reactions are very unconscious mm -hmm. and responses are very conscious. Yes, that's actually, that, that's what I was trying to like formulate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's what moms are for, you know, and just being able to, to, to figure out how to say things. Cause, yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, but speaking of like understanding your feelings, like yeah. you, you said that. And like, honestly, like that's like one of the next most important things about communication is just like really like understand what it is that you're feeling. And so like having that foundation of you is so important to be able to know like, wait, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? And be able to like go through that process with yourself to like fully understand. Cause when you understand what it is you're feeling, then you are able to like communicate that. Because when you're not fully understanding what, what you're feeling, then when you're trying to explain that to someone it then they may not understand it and you're probably not understanding it while you're trying to explain it either um so it can so then it, it's not clear it's not clear communication then so sometimes like but the thing is also like if you're trying to explain some some of you may need just to talk it out to someone and that's totally okay i do that sometimes i do that with my mom and in in that situation it's just like i just I just go through, I'm like, okay, so I'm kind of feeling this, but I'm not really sure if it's this, but I'm also feeling this. So I'm not really sure if it's this either. So like, let me like, but it could, so it could be related to that. So you can just, you can also talk that out to yourself. That doesn't make you crazy, especially if you're in your own room or your own home, have a conversation with yourself about that. Well, you can um, even record that conversation, you know, that's and if, yeah. if there's, I mean, I know that in some of the work we've done together, both of us will just record some things just to get it out. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a personality that um, I have to talk things out. I don't necessarily want your advice unless I ask for it. <laughs> um, but because of, of who I am, mm -hmm. I do like to talk things out and I'll talk a lot of things out with, with Sarah. Yeah. Um, and I started this when she was an older teenager also, um, not to burden her with a, my, um, my parental responsibilities and my adult life. Um, but to just say, you know, I'm trying, I'm thinking about buying these dishes. Let, let's do something simple. I'm thinking yeah, about yeah, buying yeah. these dishes. Can you help me, um, sort out? Cause I, I'm, I'm not hundred percent committed. So yeah. help me sort out what my, um, uh, aversion to it is or why I really want that. Um, we got to a point, uh, at some point several years ago where we decided we were never going to buy anything, either of us, if it didn't give us great joy. Yeah. And, um, it's been such a great thing and it's so easy to ask each other. I'm not feeling like it's sparking the joy that you want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is that really where you are? Or is that really what you want or, or is it? Yeah, like most recently that happened when she got a new car where <laughs> she test drove it and I could just tell. I was like, it, it's super cute. This car is like, the, the looks super cute. The one that she test drove, but it wasn't the right color that she wanted. And like, she was just kind of eh about like how it drove. And I'm like, like you, you kind of want it. I know you want it, but this is not really what you want. And then somehow magically, like the universe aligned in some mystical way. And like they, she managed to get one that was blue and it like drives like a completely different car for some it's reason. It's the funniest thing. I actually um, looked at the stickers of the one I test drove and the one that I got and um, they're, all they are are different colors. Every single thing is exactly the same. 
but somehow emotionally uh, I responded to it differently and we both feel like the car yeah, drives it feels differently. Like, like it really, really does. Weird. It's really weird. But like when, when we were sitting in like the dealership, I was sitting she was doing all the paperwork and I'm like, what are you? I'm feeling like you're like an eight out of 10 on this. Right. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, we need to get you a better one. Yeah. So, so I was like, yeah, definitely go for the, whatever the, cause she like blew a red in this car. So like get one of those yeah. and I got the blue and it was just perfect. Yeah. But, but like, I'll, I'll do that. I'll like, I'll look at my mom and say, I'm feeling like you're like an eight on a scale of one to 10. So like, why is that? Um, yeah, it's so helpful. And if you can learn to do that, you can do that with your kids. You can mm -hmm. do that with your friends. You can do that with your romantic partner. Oh yeah. There's nobody you can't do that with. And, and it's a great way to, um, create like really clean lines of communication. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and knowing what it is I feel first, yeah. um, is helpful. And sometimes I do need somebody that I can just bounce some things off of. Yeah. Um, and that really helps to, uh, just be able to do that. I journal, um, I do a lot of writing, um, trying to, um, sort things out. Mm -hmm. I do personal development courses, um, diving deeper into d various aspects of my life, um, so that I can really get clarity. Clarity is, I think a lot of what we're looking for here. You're trying to figure out mm -hmm. what it is you're feeling and yeah. then understanding it, you know? Yeah. So there was a time when I started, um, working in sales and I, I had, um, had this wonderful mentor. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, uh, he taught a lot about, um, how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions, um, often, and, um, and, uh, I wasn't sure I was going to show this, but it, and I had a little post-it note next to my desk when I was having to do sales calls and it was, how does God see me? So whenever I was feeling really down and feeling like, oh my God, I'm, I'm on my 12th call of the day and nothing's mm -hmm. happening and these are not the best leads and, and I'm not really sure what to do about all that. And I'm, I'm just feeling not good about myself. And I'd look over at this post-it note and I'd say, how does God see me? And um, th this is not a spiritual podcast where you're not doing that, but we're spiritual people, both of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me to look at God seeing me as perfection and God seeing me as a wonderful person mm -hmm. um, was so helpful because God didn't create crap, you know? So that, that's been a really helpful thing for me too is, as I'm looking at understanding what I'm feeling is like, oh, that's just my little girl. You know, I had a, an abusive a dad and um, a kind of chaotic childhood. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> when I look at understanding how I feel, it's often rooted in those early years um, that felt so scary. Um, I became very hypervigilant. Um, and so I was watching for how everybody else felt mm -hmm. so I could manage my environment. And um, it was just a really interesting thing to uh, realize when I was starting to do new things that were challenging that I had to really look at, mm -hmm. um, you know, what were the triggers for my childhood? I was like, oh, and so I, I get to the point, honestly, where I go, oh, that's just your dad's voice that your little girl is just scared and has nothing to do with the present moment. That's all based in the past. Uh, take a breath, look at how God sees you and go to the next call. Sorry, I'm learning a lot of things about my mom today. <laughs> I think that's going to happen during this probably, series. Probably. Um, so the other thing about like when it comes to like understanding what you feel, then you can also, when you have a better understanding of what 
causes your reaction, you can also see what can cause other people's reactions. And then being able to understand like, oh, that's what's going on for them. Or think that, oh, this is probably what's going on for them if you know the person really well. And then being able to just like respect that that's just their reaction. Like that, it, and then think that it's not, it's not really related to you. Like there's something that you may have said or done that triggered them, but ultimately it's still their emotional baggage that's like drawing this up for them. And it's not related to you. They're, they're living some trauma in that moment that's been brought up um, that they that they experienced in the past. So it's not... And they may not be conscious of it at no, all. No, they, they just may be bleh, having a reaction to mm -hmm. you and not have any understanding and consciousness of what where it's coming from. Yeah. So and in that regard, then it's it's easier in some ways when you when you when you know that it's not like a thing that you you're you have to deal with that it's not your responsibility to fix that reaction for them um because it's just their thing like you just like can let them go when you understand when you're reacting and when you have a reaction versus like a processed response but they're just reaction then you can remove yourself from that situation and be like okay no 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 like we, we shouldn't talk about this right now. I'm like, I'm going to go and like, just let them cool off because it's not your responsibility to sit there and take that reaction. And it's also not your responsibility to try and fix that for them. Like, um, it's up to them to realize what it is that they're, they're experiencing like that. That's on them. That's not a, you, that's not a, you job. Like not even, not, it's not a you job, even if you're a kid, it's not a you job if they're, you're an adult kid. It's not a you job if it's your partner. It's not a you job if, if, if it's, if you're a friend, it's like, you're like, yo, I, this isn't, we can't talk about this right now. This is not a good idea to talk about this right now. I'm going to just, I need to go cool off and then you need to go cool off. Yeah. And, and in a very kind, compassionate way, yeah. you can say, I, I can't do this right now, but I don't want to walk away. Yeah. Can we find a way to just take a minute mm -hmm. um, so that we can get to a place where I can hear you? Because right now I can't hear you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not your fault. Uh, I just can't hear you. So I'm taking responsibility for that. I want it to be mm -hmm. different. I want to be able to hear you. But um, I, I'm everything else is so loud in my head. I, I can't do it. So um, I love you. And could we take a minute and uh, take a little break? Um, now in my work life, I might not say I love you, although in my work life, I probably would. Um, but, um, even in your work life, you can do that, uh, with, with people and say, Hey, hey can we just take a moment for a second? Cause I feel like this is getting very heated and I'd mm -hmm. like to just, um, dial it down so that I can, uh, really understand what you're trying to communicate because, yeah. um, I'm just not hearing it. And sometimes for me, because of my childhood, if people raise their voice just a little bit, I feel like they're yelling at me and, um, uh, I, I've had to like resort to um, recordings with people so they understand what's happening. And I've had to do a lot of work on myself knowing that just somebody's raised voice doesn't mean I'm in physical danger. Um, and I don't have to, to count that as um, something that means I need to, to run away. Mm -hmm. um, so, but the respecting other people's thing is, is so important because we don't know everything. You know, as, no. as Sarah's going to learn a lot about me during this whole process. I'm going to learn a lot about her and how she thinks because we don't know everything about people, even that we've spent our entire lives with. Mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes things come up um, because of other situations. COVID has brought out so much for so many people. Um, this, the current stuff happening in um, the world politically is bringing up a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, and there's got to be a more compassionate way for us to communicate with each other um, and to be loving toward each other. Mm -hmm. Even with people we don't love, um, we can act lovingly. 
And so that's a lot of the work that we're doing about Let's Get Relational is how do we create different relationships in the world? Um, and there are toxic relationships you need to leave behind, oh. and we will get to that. Yeah. Um, but for the people that um, you do want in your life and you have to have in your life for the time being, mm -hmm. um, you know, for some of you who are uh, teenagers living in households with, with parents who are not very healthy, yeah. um, some of you are stuck, and, and there's not a way for you to get out of your living situation at the moment. So the only thing that can change is you. Yeah. And the thing about all of this is the only thing you can change is you. Yeah, that's like the, the that's the key thing. That's why like, you know, it's not your responsibility to fix someone else. It's not your responsibility to to handle their emotions. It's it's not. Like really, like you are the most important thing there and like you are the only one that can handle your emotions, that can handle your reactions and because you have the full understanding. You will like even if you've known someone for like 45 years, like you still may not know everything that goes on their head. Like yeah, you don't no have kidding. a mind meld going on. Like no you know, um, you can know almost all of it, but there's still going to be things that you may not know about them. And that's just how that's how it is because you just don't live inside someone else's brain. And I don't think anyone else wants to live inside <laughs> someone else's brain. No, um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, so like, so it's just in, in that regard. It's just you know, it's like your stuff is your stuff. Their stuff is their stuff. Yeah. And like, it's not up to you to try and change it. All you can do is set an, set an example. And that's really what it is. Like only you, only you can change. Um, you can only, you can control the change that happens for you. And then you can also end up setting an example for the people in your life for that change. Because if you start thinking about things differently and start communicating differently, um, it's, it, it's going to throw them all off guard because they're going to be like, wait, <laughs> wait, what, what? What, what's going on? What, what, why, what, hmm, hmm? like, why, why is this change happening? But by doing that, then it also can set up a conversation, like start them thinking about like, what's going on here? Why, why are they not doing what they usually do? And then that opens up another door of communication and a conversation about what's changing for you and like what you want to change. And that may not always happen, but you know, but at least you're, you're sending an example of, of how you want to communicate with people. And you're taking a stand for yourself. Yeah. And I think the important thing is to know what you want, understand what you feel, respect other feelings, um, and really get a sense of um, who you are. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of us, especially women, as we age, have really lost a sense of who we are. We become mm -hmm. something for our partner, we become something for our children, mm -hmm. we become something for our jobs. Um, and I talk to a lot of women um, uh, after 40 who are just confused about why they're here and, mm -hmm. and who they are. Lots of others are perfectly happy and they're probably not listening to this podcast. Um, but people who um, are seekers, I think are gonna be the people that we're gonna find on this podcast. And um, just know you found a, a good place uh, to hang out with us because we yeah. are definitely seekers and, and we really want to always be improving the way yeah. we show up in the world. Like growth is really important. I have a tattoo on my back actually that represents um, the key to life is transformation. Mm -hmm. And like, I got that on my 18th birthday, mind you. Um, <laughs> so painful to watch. Oh, it was, it was, it was really so painful. Hard. Talk about going to your Zen place in that moment. <laughs> um, but like, but that's always been like, that was something I knew I wanted because I knew that change and transforming and just growing as a person was just going, it's just like an endless journey. And like, that's the cool thing about being human is that you can constantly grow and that you can learn new things. 
But, and then when you're learning and growing, and then you can also see where people are just stagnating and like, then you can show compassion to them and like, okay, and where are they in their life that they feel like they can't grow? And some people, um, like in, in at least communication wise, some people don't want to grow, honestly. Um, there's a lot of people that are just like just are stuck in their unhealthy communication patterns and just are going to keep going with that. Even if you, even if you make the change, there are just some people that just don't want to admit the fact that they need to change because that, that means they have to face all of their trauma. Um, and so uh, some people don't, some, it's too scary. It's way too scary to face that trauma, to make that change. Well, and they just don't want to. So yeah. they don't even see it as scary, some of them. Um, that's true, too. And yep. it's like, that. that's the thing for me is like, I, I learned long ago that my inner circle is not going to be composed of people that say, oh, that's just the way I am. No. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll have compassion and care and be loving toward those people, but they're not in my inner circle of people that I have deeper conversations with. Yeah. Um, I heard on a TV show last night, someone say to someone, so do you want to be that friend that we talk about the game and we talk about the weather? Or do you want to be that friend where we talk about deep stuff? And it's like all of my close friends, and I believe yours too, yeah. um, want to talk about deep stuff. We have fun. We talk about the oh, weather. Yeah. We talk about everything else too. Yeah. We're light and, and all of that. But there are people that we can go there with, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like have that depth of, of connection. Mm -hmm. So um, like another thing about communication too is like, um, I think it's like a sense of idealism and like what you want out of relationships because what we see on the media is we, we are greatly influenced by. Um, but the thing is like, there's a reason why I, I can't, I can't deal with teen drama shows anymore. I can't deal with teen <laughs> drama movies. I watched one like some, sometime in the last like few months just yeah. cause I like didn't have anything else to watch on Netflix. So I watched this thing. Do I regret it? Yes. Um, but the thing is, like, just watching that, I'm like, this is what we're putting into the minds of young women. And, like, and it was just the best, this this main character's best friend was super controlling. And I'm like, I don't like this. Immediately, I was like, this is weird. Like, this is not a healthy pattern of communicating and a healthy relationship already. The dude that she was into was this best friend's older brother, and he was also kind of a dick. So it was just like... Why, why, and this happens often. I get so frustrated by the fact of like how young women are end up being portrayed in the relationships they're getting into on all of these, on a lot of these TV shows. And then a lot of the drama for all of these other things are based on the lack of communication and miscommunication. And it's like, why are we portraying that? Like, why is that a thing that we keep portraying in all of the media that we see? I'm like, it, why does that sell? Yeah. Why does that sell is the real question. Like, why does that drama sell? Like, yeah. wouldn't you, wouldn't it be easier? Like there are things like I've watched a movie before and I'm like, that entire plot could have been avoided if these two just talked. <laughs> what a novel concept. Right? But yeah. like, that's the thing. It's yeah. just like how, and so it's just like, for me, like, it's so easy to see unhealthy relationships in media these yeah. days, just cause it's like, it's just, it's become normalized. And I'm like, about it. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Um, well, I think that takes us to our final um, point that we want to talk about today, yeah. which is unhealthy versus healthy communication patterns. Yes. And um, I, I think that um, going, your go-to place being drama 
is one of those places that's a, a an unhealthy communication pattern. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I mean, that's their go-to place. Mm-hmm. And I talk a lot, and I, I probably will talk a lot in our episodes about your go-to reactions. And so um, I always say, if if your go-to is always anger, rage, and, and I have some friends like that, and it's like, I have to take a lot of breaths when, when they have a reaction to something, um, because I know it's not about me, and I know it's not about even whatever is going on that's correct, causing them to have the reaction. But that's their go-to place is yeah. rage. My go-to place is hurt feelings. Um, and so I, what I recommend for people is whenever you're having, um, identify your go-to place. There's only a few that, that you'll have. Um, but whatever your go-to place is, examine the opposite. So whenever I was feeling hurt feelings, I would start looking at where was I angry? Mm-hmm. Because anger was not, I had to suppress a lot because of having a, um, a violent dad. Um, and uh, I... I learned to suppress way more than was healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm still coming out of all of that. So I had some unhealthy communication patterns, which was to avoid conflict at all costs. Mm-hmm. And and I think we'll probably do an entire episode just about healthy versus unhealthy um, communication patterns. But, but um, things like... Uh, avoiding communication avoiding yep. conflict passive aggressiveness being passive aggressive yep. uh manipulation oh, manipulation is, is such ooh, yeah big. sarah has a special spot for that one <laughs> yes um but also with mani- manipulation is lying lying to get your lying to get their way or to get your way that's a very unhealthy communication pattern even in, and and like the thing is that could also mean even if it's like to protect yourself like having to lie to someone that means you're having to develop an unhealthy communication pattern. And that means something in your relationship with whoever the other person is, is, is unhealthy if you're needing to lie yeah. for that. It's, it's been interesting. I have a friend who um, had a communication pattern of lying in order to not um, hurt people's feelings. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I'd be in a social environment with her and I'd be like, huh, <laughs> I don't really know what to say because I know the truth behind what she's saying and then uh-huh. this other person's asking questions and the person's having to lie more and more and more um and, and i'm just sitting there like where's she gonna go with this one this is fascinating mm-hmm. and it's like i didn't jump into rescue i didn't jump into correct i didn't do anything because it wasn't my place it wasn't my story it was it was hers and yeah. um it was fascinating to me though to watch how that uh plays you know yeah. once you start lying it's very hard to get your way out of that <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people start off with like little white lies because they don't want to hurt people's feelings, but yeah. but they cause big communication problems. Yeah, and that and that's the thing of being like not wanting to cause conflict or not wanting to hurt someone's feelings. It's like that's a that's a you think like you're trying to control someone else's emotional response. Right. That's that's not your job because you're trying to protect yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. ultimately, you don't want something to come back on yourself, right? right? But right. like at the same time, it's like. I mean, the more you do that, the more that like you're ultimately you're going to end up hurting them even more by not saying what actually the truth is. Yeah. Because if they find out at any point, then they'll be like, well, you lied straight to my face about it like that. Then that gets a little uncomfortable. So like the, the like it's important to like be clear in your communication, but also like you don't have to sugarcoat everything and like skate around the truth for someone else to like for someone else. Like, and for yourself, like if they can't handle it, then that's their own problem. That's their own stuff coming up. Like, you don't got to deal with that shit. Yeah. Like you can just, what we said before is like, like, Hey, I can't really hear you right now. If they have an emotional reaction and just remove yourself, take a step back, take a breather and then come back and talk about it. 
Um, cause you know, it could be something like if they're not invited to something, it could be because of an abandonment issue that they have yeah. or like that they're never good enough for people. Like there's a whole list of things that like could be causing that triggering response. Mm -hmm. So the triggering reaction. So, yeah. So I would just like to invite you as we conclude this week's episode is to, um, <laughs> Look at where you're reacting in your life, where mm -hmm. you're responding, where do you understand what you feel and where do you need to do some work there? Yeah. Where are you feeling compassionate for other people's feelings? Where are you feeling understanding? Where where are you, um, this is a, a thing I use with my clients a lot, where are you resourced enough so that you can take on something else that other people are feeling so that you feel like um, you've got uh, everything you need emotionally inside of you mm -hmm. in order to take care of um your response to whatever other people are feeling yeah and really examine your communication patterns oh mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I, and, and which ones are, are you a runner do you run away from an argument do you avoid conflict do you mm -hmm. lie um, do you agree with whatever anybody else says just mm -hmm. to keep the peace mm -hmm. um, do you never speak up for yourself do you always agree with the other person do you always confront the other person yeah um, are you always having to get your way and always be right are you, um, do you, is there a lot of fights that happen in all of your relationships? Is that, if you're, if you're confrontational, it's often going to end up in a spiral where the person either shuts down or they're going to react back to you. So like, how do you, how are you showing up in that way? Or it, how are your relationships? There's a lot of fighting or it just, when something bad happens, do you just not speak to each other for a couple of days? Like, like how are there are arguments or is it more conversations? Um, that kind of thing also, because that's important just to be aware of like, where in your life are other people, like where you're where where in your life are the other uh, are unhealthy relationships. And like in, in that regard, also like, how are you contributing to the unhealthy communication patterns that in that way? How is the other person contributing to that too? Yeah. So it's just, it's very, just, you don't have to do anything about it, but like just to be aware first and foremost is so important because yeah. then you're on the way to being able to make a change when you're understanding what's happening for you and what might be happening for the other person. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just becoming really present to who you are mm -hmm. and what's going on and um, what you want out of life. And so we want to be your guides and, and your conversation partners in uh, creating uh, better relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, take a look this week at everybody in your life and yeah. really look at uh, what you're happy with and, and where in yourself you're happy. Are you happy because you are standing up for yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you happy because um, you're cowering in the corner, afraid of every little thing? You know, where, where are things working for you? Mm -hmm. And um, next time we're going to talk about personal responsibility. It's our second most favorite yes. topic, I think. I, I think we've yeah. actually um, evolved these five topics we're going to talk about based on our, um, we love all of them. Yeah. But um, it, it's, you know, the ones that we feel like have made the biggest uh, change in our relationships. Yeah. And, um, no, and we know will impact things from, from now on. Mm -hmm. yeah. So thank you for joining us and we hope you have a wonderful week and just... Think about, you know, your relationships. Mm, sending you love. Mm -hmm. Mwah.